You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Have you been thinking about collaborating with another yoga teacher or maybe embarking on a partnership? Or maybe you've collaborated in the past and it hasn't quite gone as smoothly as you would have liked. The outcome wasn't what you were hoping for. If you said yes to any of these things, I think you'll really get a lot out of today's episode, which is a behind the scenes peek into a conversation with my business partner, one of my co-conspirators and collaborators, Libby Hounsley. Libby and I are working together to create an anatomy membership for yoga teachers. And in this conversation, you will get a sneak peek into some of the things that we thought about and talked about before embarking on this collaboration together and why we think that we are a good fit to work together. And also hear a little bit about some collaborations in our past that haven't gone as smoothly. Now, this episode was a little bit off the cuff where she and I were talking and I really liked the, where the conversation was heading. And so I just hit record. So it does start in the middle of a sentence or in the middle of a thought and neither of us were mic'd up to our fancy mics. When I was editing it, it didn't bother me, the sound quality or anything. So, but I just did want to give you guys a heads up in case you notice a difference that that is why it was just impromptu. And I'm really glad we did because I think there's a ton of really, really helpful information for any of you who are considering embarking on a partnership or a collaboration. Now, a lot of what we talk about is specific to a bigger partnership, a big project like she and I are doing together, but there's also a lot of information that would be helpful for yoga teachers who just want to maybe run a retreat together or a workshop together. So have a listen. And if the anatomy membership that we talk about in this episode intrigues you, if you're listening in real time, we're opening doors. Well, I think doors open the day before this episode gets released. And if you're listening later, you can get on the wait list. You can do either one of those things by going to anatomybites.com. I hope you enjoy this behind the scenes peek into one of my business partnerships and one of my friendships. We're on the same page in terms of clinical treatment focus. And then we kind of went in different directions and then it didn't feel like as good a fit that we were collaborating and it was a collaboration where it wasn't as well thought out on who, what skill sets each of us are going to use to contribute to this business. It was, so I ended up playing a role that I don't want to play and our relationship with expenses was very different. So she was a little bit freewheeling and I was like trying to manage the books and, but you have more, you have more experience with collaborations You know, one of my experiences with collaborations for a long time has been that it's about imposter syndrome, that I would reach out for somebody to collaborate with because I didn't feel capable of doing something on my own. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, this is even still the case 
like right now with our collaboration because I'm like, well, Libby has so much more anatomy credentials than me. Now I don't want to be an anatomy teacher. I don't, that, I don't want that to be my specialty. So that's clear to me anyway, but I also definitely have these moments where people project that onto me, that anatomy is my specialty somehow. And so that, then I feel this imposter syndrome where I'm like, no, it's not, <laughs> you know, you know, when I talk to you and you're like, I want to do this anatomy membership, I'm like, let me support you because I have a specialty of being able to visualize how the back end of this is going to work, how to get people to sign up, how to use sales psychology to encourage them in their own best interest to sign up. Right. And, you know, I get to provide the service to the world without needing to be the face of it, even though I love teaching. Right. But I, neither do I feel right being the face of the anatomy education, nor is it enough of my passion, right? Like I am passionate about it. I do love it. I do find it fascinating. But in the end, I decided not to go to PT school because I was like, the brain is more interesting to me than the body. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that the brain is part of the body and that they're interconnected, but I did not want to spend that much time learning about the mechanics mm-hmm. of the body when I believe so deeply in how much the way we think influences those mechanics. So I just, I was like, I came to a crossroads there and I was like, I don't want to become an anatomy expert. I'd much rather become like, if I were to go back to grad school, I would go for psychology. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I have a massive block around all the pieces that you are making me do as far as promotions. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, And um, I would never do it unless I was in collaboration. I, I really probably would never do it. I would never actually make posts on Instagram. I would never make videos of myself trying to sell something that I'm doing. There's no way. There's no way. So not to say that I couldn't do those things on my own, but I know right now that I would not. And I don't have the confidence to know. I don't have the confidence in myself to um, to trust that I could even learn how to package something up and promote it in a way that makes sense and that a way that in a way that gets people to sign up. Well, I do think that that is the upside to collaboration, that accountability. Yeah. Yeah. The accountability has been really, really helpful because um, like I said, I, you know, having these deadlines, I need to record this video and that video by a certain time. It's the only reason I'm doing it. I need that because it's just not something I'm naturally drawn to doing. At all. Not at all. So I can relate. I have the same thing with social media and recording videos and promoting things. It's hard. I mean, it gets easier the more you do it. But sometimes I think we look at other people and are like, oh, why is it so easy for them? And maybe it is easy for some people, but I just want to say it's not easy for me. And one of the things that I'm learning as I grow older is that there are systems that I can put into place 
that force me to take the actions that I know I need to take. And one of those systems is partnering with people. It's also a big reason why I hired Diane, because it can go in both directions. Like having an employee waiting on something from me holds me accountable similarly to being in a partnership with somebody. Just a little while ago, before we started recording, you and I were talking about the podcast and I was like, oh, I have to get this episode done today because I got to get it to my editor. So it's the same thing. And so that's definitely a benefit of, of partnerships. And it's also something that I encourage all of my clients, all the people that I work with to look at their lives and see how can they find ways to hold themselves accountable. I'm learning so much through our partnership about, you know, areas that I I really just have never known about this whole marketing and how social media works. I mean, really, I used to think of it as more of a kind of scattered kind of willy nilly approach. I should just be posting. And I told myself for several years, I should be posting. I should be even promoting my workshops and even something that simple, I just wasn't doing because it just was on the periphery of my day-to-day life, getting through the day and the required tasks. And so anyway, but I'm learning about all this, you know, it's very well thought out how to approach this and how to strategize. And that's really quite interesting to me. And I'm kind of enjoying learning that aspect of it. And I think through this partnership, you know, I'll gain and am gaining a lot of confidence with just how to make use of social media. And and I'm seeing, well, while I have a block around promoting myself, it kind of helps to see that other people are promoting themselves. Because then I'm like, well, if they're promoting themselves and it's appropriate for me to promote myself because I have something to offer too, you know, and, and also um, this idea of imperfect action that you keep reminding me of is really quite helpful. I don't have to wait till everything's perfect before I share it. Exactly, because this is how we learn is by doing. I think we learn, at least I do. And I think most people do because when I watch people, when I watch the people who are successful, it seems like this is a pretty universal thing that this is how we learn is by taking action. Another thing we were talking about earlier was the Zoom classes and teaching online and how much we take for granted, how much we've learned just by being online for six months. Absolutely. And that's such a big layer of what we're doing now in our collaboration, even though it could have happened a few years ago, and this has been on my mind for several years, wanting to do something like this, but the whole shift to, you know, online teaching and the studios closed and everything's changed, that has really forced it to emerge now. It's like, okay, well, this is the time to do this. You know, one of the things that I keep coming back to, we talked a little bit earlier about some of the previous experiences that we've had collaborating, is how important it is to find the right person to collaborate with. I think that's everything, finding the right person to collaborate with. Yeah, yeah, and it's not easy. One of the things you said earlier was about making sure that the skill sets are different, making sure that expectations are set ahead of time about who has what responsibility. 
And then for me, one of the things I've run into a lot is different values around planning and different values around preparation. So I've gotten into partnerships with some people who were more into spontaneously showing up and, and figuring things out, whereas I'm more into making sure that there's a plan. Mm-hmm. And if that's set ahead of time, if there's separation of responsibilities where it's like, you're, you do the plan, I do this, then that's not a problem. But when that's not clear ahead of time and we're supposed to make the plan together, but the values aren't the same, that has been really challenging. Yeah, totally. I can see that. And I can see that, you know, we seem to have a similar value system around the the value of planning and the need for it. And part of it has to do with our personalities fit together that way, but also it may have to do with that we're in similar roles in life where we both have children and <laughs> that's like a huge element in my life right now where my time is not my own, you know, so little of it is my own that the little bit that I have, it better be well managed or else nothing's getting done. So it kind of forces that value onto planning. I hadn't thought of that before. I had had a similar thought process around like, why am I so into time management now? Mm -hmm. And I did have that thought of, I think it has to do with being a mom. I think it has to do with your time is so precious because you don't own it anymore. And I've had a lot of conversations recently with people who are not parents who are like, oh, Sunday is my day that I do nothing for work. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Like, It just doesn't compute because I've been a mom for almost 18 years now. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe it. I can because I've seen it. But yes, it is such a different mindset. It's such a different paradigm. It's impossible to understand the reality of parenting if you're not a parent. It just, you can't possibly, not to say that people aren't busy even without children, but you know, before I had children, I always thought of myself as just incredibly busy. I just, I just don't have time, you know? And um, when I look back on my life, wow, I have a different perspective right now. I really do. And there isn't a, uh, an opportunity to over-prepare. We've talked about that too some. So right now, the only action that I can take is often imperfect action. I don't have the time literally to make it perfect. I just have to move into the world and do it. And there's something really freeing about that too. It's kind of getting me out of a certain personality habit that I've developed over my life that probably isn't that useful. Yeah. And even though people who aren't parents cannot viscerally understand the level of pressure that exists in your life as a parent, I think that they can still benefit from the same systems that make our lives function, that make us able to do anything, right? I mean, if you have a parent and they show up and they say, I don't know why my life's not functional. I I can't get anything done. I would say, I get it. It makes sense to me. Keeping your kids alive is a big project. It's, it's enough. Like if you, if it's enough for you in your life and that fulfills you to just do that, I, I have no sense that somebody is not doing enough with their life if they're a parent. Right. right. Absolutely. Now for a lot of people, that's not possible. And for other people, it's not desirable. Like I wouldn't be fulfilled just being a parent. And honestly, <laughs> I have very little patience for like, 
hanging out with children for long extended periods of time doing kid things. I got to do it in short doses. Like I'm like, all right, I'm going to really be with you for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to need you to go play by yourself for a little bit. Yeah. I just don't have the patience for it. I don't have yeah. the... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not cut out to be that person either. Um, and I also don't have the choice to, if, even if I wanted to, you know, that's not my financial reality. But I do think that given this whole parenting reality or just the squeeze on time that anyone may have, whether it's coming from parenting or elsewhere, it does lend itself to partnership. Because, you know, when I first talked to you about this idea, I wanted to do Anatomy Bites and, you know, wanted your input. Do Should I come to you for coaching? Can you guide me through this? And, you know, when you started talking about all that was going to be involved with it, I mean, I started glazing over, I'm sure. I mean, my brain just went blank. I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is so huge. And it's a realm that, I mean, for me feels huge because it's something I don't know about. And it would have taken um, me such so much longer to try to learn the pieces and slog through it on my own when those aren't my skills, right? And so then when you're looking at a whole set of tasks that need to be done that aren't your skills and also aren't your joy and passion, it's like then all of a sudden the, the whole project sounds like no fun, right? And I really wanted to come into this project because I'm so excited about it, you know, I'm excited about the pieces of it that that I'm bringing, and I want to come at a project from a place of kind of heart centered, joyous expression of who I am, and so partnership is the way to make that happen, and it's so beautiful because you're really good at those parts, and you also are good at anatomy. So, from a content perspective, you know, you get what I'm doing, and you can we can collaborate on that some too, which is really nice. From my perspective. It feels relaxing to not be responsible for the whole thing at once because it is a big project. Launching something, launching a digital project is big. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot of I's to cross. Wait, I's to dot and T's to cross. (laughs) And so to be the face of it at the same time as you make sure everything behind the scenes is running, it It's just a lot to ask of any one person. So I'm finding that even though I love teaching and I do enjoy, you know, my own membership and being the leader of my own membership, I'm finding that it's easier for me to make rational decisions about this one and make decisions faster. And that's one of the things, that's another skill set that I think in a good partnership, we can make decisions faster together in a unhealthy partnership then the decisions are harder or maybe contentious yeah. longer um, because that's another key to me to growth and to making things happen is just making decisions quickly and not agonizing over decisions. I see it in myself. I see it in my clients. It, it's just one of the big things I think that holds us back from our potential for producing rather than doing or being active, being busy versus producing. So I noticed that by not being the face of this and not having the teaching and the videos and all of that on my shoulders, I can make decisions faster. And I think I can make better decisions about it too. Yeah, that's a really cool thing to notice. 
Um, I can see that, you know, if I were doing this all on my own, like I've said before, well, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. And part of the reason I wouldn't have gotten anywhere is that I would still be ruminating about some decision that should have made, you know, been made months ago. And I'm still, yeah, because I don't have, wouldn't have that other person to reflect back to me like, hey, this actually isn't a big deal. This is what we should do. I know about this and this is how it's done. Boom, it's done, move on, you know? So that momentum is really, as long as there's a plan and, you know, you and I've been meeting weekly and there's this momentum that we've kept up with and that's been really, really useful. The other piece that something in what you said reminded me of is the benefit of having a partner to who maybe dreams a little bigger. Like, for example, when I first had this idea of Anatomy Bites, it was like, oh, I'll just like gather a few emails and I'll just like email out a video. It was, I was thinking about it pretty small. You know, I, and I was thinking about how's the simplest way I could do this? What's the easiest, you know, lowest tech kind of way I could do this because that's where I'm going to feel comfortable. I know how to email But then when I talk to you about it, you kind of have this bigger vision about what's possible with it. And even though the things that make that possible were overwhelming for me, that's why you're here, you know, to kind of. And so then it's like, wow, I didn't even know there was all this potential. And, you know, just to dream a little bit bigger, which sometimes I have a hard time dreaming big enough in general. And so it's really helpful to have someone that encourages that. I agree. And I think it's helpful in a partnership if there's like a sense of lifting each other up and believing in each other. I think that that's really essential. And that's probably something that you want to gauge. You know, one of the things that I think made it easy for you and I to to fall into this partnership is having known each other for 16 years mm-hmm. because we met in teacher training. And so we have seen each other go through a lot Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a level of understanding the basic stability of somebody else by, by knowing them for so long, right? And understanding like how they make you feel, you know, like, is this somebody who generally, when you see them, you feel happy afterwards? Or is this somebody that sometimes you feel like heavy or unworthy after you spend time with them? Yeah, that that's important. <laughs> and I agree. I think the longevity of our relationship is is the foundation for that and it's it would be hard to know those things about someone unless you knew them quite well and that's again why it's so important to partner with someone very carefully. I mean, carefully choose who that person is, not just on the logistics of things but on the energetic interaction of things too and how do you want to feel doing this project? You know, I mean, for me, this whole Anatomy Bites has been, I want to feel heart-centered. I want to feel excited. I want to feel that sort of joyous creativity part. I don't want it to start to feel like drudgery the way that work often feels. So um, maintaining that energetic quality, not to say some of the parts aren't, you know, difficult and tedious or whatever, but just that I want to maintain that overall feeling of it. And that depends on another person. Uh, their energy being consistent with that. So, and the other piece is when you're starting out wanting to launch a project, like something like this, a digital project is it can be easy to think, well, if I do it all myself, then it's all mine. And there's like a sense of sharing ownership that everyone has to be comfortable with the possibility, you know, in collaboration is that it's not just that you're kind of sharing fixed amount of resources, let's say, but it's that in the collaboration, it just 
the, the opportunities are just so much huger. And that's kind of like a leap of faith sometimes, you know, definitely to just acknowledge that part. I mean, I think that comes back to that part that you said earlier about being willing to think big. Yeah, exactly. If you talk to somebody and they have a lot of preconceived limitations about what's possible, that might not be the person that you want to partner with because it is true that from a financial perspective, in order for each of you to come out equal, the whole pot needs to be bigger, right? The project needs to be bigger with two people in it. And this is something I see a lot as well with my clients where they're like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this collaboration with somebody. And I'll be like, okay, so why do you want, why, why the collaboration, right? It's this three hour workshop. What is it that this other person is bringing to the table that you can't bring by yourself and that will attract at least twice as many people to pay the same amount or the same number of people to pay twice as much or whatever it is, right? What is the benefit? What's the alchemy of this collaboration that makes the whole project bigger? Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's gotta be that mindset that um, there's an alchemy, like you said, about skill sets and time available and all those things coming together that makes the whole thing bigger and better. So that it benefits everybody, you know, and has this potential. And, and that's also, like you said, part of just someone's got to be able to think bigger, <laughs> to dream a little bit bigger, and also to just understand how these things work. That this requires an investment of time, requires building this foundation, this, you know, digital like infrastructure, you know, the platform and all those things that I don't know that much about. But it's a big job, such a big job. But that's what's really required so that it can grow. And then you're thinking longer, the longer game is that over time, all this just improves and the work we're doing on the front end is going to continue to service into the future. And it's all, that's just the bigger picture of it. You know, whereas when I started thinking about it, it my thinking about it was just so narrow because I didn't have any experience in what all this could look like. Right. And the idea and the benefit of being online with this and, and tapping into the technology that's available now is that instead of thinking in terms of the type of experience that you can give in person, right, where there's a very different experience in a room of 20 and a room of 50, right? Mm -hmm. And I personally, when I'm in person, I prefer a room of 20, hands down. Like I do not, the room of 50 is like, where's the connection? It's so scattered. Mm -hmm. um, but digitally, now there are gaps, right? There's, there, you don't have that, whatever the magic is of in person, you don't, there's, there's some things that are missing digitally, but you, when you start a digital project, you acknowledge those gaps and you work around them and you work with them and you leverage what is positive about being digital. And one of those is an almost infinite scalability meaning that there's not going to be a huge difference whether there's 50 people in the membership or 500. The benefit and the, what members receive is going to be very similar at 50 or 5,000 even. Mm -hmm. And so that's where thinking bigger becomes this, this possibility and the investment that you make in, in building it, which we've been doing, um, it becomes worthwhile, right? 
whereas sometimes in an in-person collaboration, there's a ceiling and you have to know what that ceiling is in order to decide, okay, this is a collaboration I want to step into or, you know, and there's lots of reasons to collaborate, right? It could just be, I just adore this person and I just want to spend more time with them. And this is a structure for us to spend time together. That's totally valid and beautiful. And, you know, the stage that you're at right now in your life, I know that one of the things that you really have to think about is, is this worth my time? Because I have so little of it. And so then the question of who to collaborate with and when to collaborate, there needs to be this sense of there's going to be a payoff for the amount of energy that I'm investing in this because it's limited. Right. Yes, absolutely. Those are all really interesting things to consider that I hadn't really brought to the forefront of my mind. Just the difference in the quality of experience that you can create online versus in person with the numbers of people factored into that. That's, that is a real benefit of online learning because I think that the experience we can create via, you know, an online setting is Gosh, it's less personal, but in some ways it might be more personal. It can be, yeah, because some people will be comfortable in their own space in a way that they wouldn't be comfortable in a strange space. Right, right. And because we're acknowledging the limitations of being online, we're building in um, some different creative ways to get people engaged and to get people connecting to each other and um, have a little bit more interactive qualities to it. And there are ways to do that. Definitely. I think the final piece that is just, we kind of touched on it, but we didn't say this explicitly, is that you really need to trust each other. Definitely. And that trust comes from having a relationship with each other. You know, it's very hard to trust someone unless you've seen them in action. You kind of understand how they work, you know, just basically how they work, that this is a person of really high integrity. And then when they do something, they do a good job and they're trustworthy and all those things. And that's something that we've had a chance to get to know about each other over time. In the simplest sense, it's really like, think of how many times you and I have had tea together in the last 16 years, right? And how many times have we canceled on each other or not shown up? I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but in general, we know that if we put that on the schedule, it's probably going to happen. It's, so, it's such a simple thing, but there are many people that I have a less than 50-50 chance if something goes on the schedule. I know there's probably a 50% chance that it's not actually going to happen. Yeah, see, that wouldn't work well for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's a great point. Um, but that's definitely something, You're, you know, over these 16 years. Yeah, I don't remember any canceled tea dates. I'm, I'm sure it has happened. But, you know, in general, it's very reliable and stirred. There's a sturdiness there, you know, it's just a sturdiness that you have to build over time. But that's critical. It's critical because now we're in this project where we are, you know, you're trusting me that I'm going to get my pieces done, even though my life is chaos right now. And I have all these other you know, peripheral to this project, big things happening that could derail me so easily. And 
I have been impressed actually in the last week, how much trust you at least seem to have that I'm, I'm going to come through and do my parts. And I, and I am, I, I don't have any doubt about it, but it's really comforting to me that you also don't seem to have any doubt about it, you know, because that could cause me a lot of stress because I know that I can, I can do this even under the circumstances. I do trust you. I do believe in you. Yeah. Thank you. I feel that it's really, it's really lovely and special. It means a lot. And even though we trust each other, we still, in the beginning of this partnership, hashed out some agreements around like, okay, well, what if we decide to go our separate ways? And this was some advice actually given to me by a lawyer a few years back. I was thinking about embarking on another partnership that didn't end up working out. But I had a student who was a lawyer who graciously allowed me to take him out for breakfast and pick his brain a little bit. And this was the big piece of advice he had is he said, no matter how much you care about someone and trust them in the beginning of a partnership, always decide how the partnership is going to end ahead of time. Maybe it never will end. Maybe you never need to hit go on that plan, but have the plan in place. Because the time you don't want to create the plan is when things are falling apart. Totally. Yep. I know. And that seemed so foreign to me when you kept bringing that up on the, at the front end, partly because I didn't have a way to, I wanted an example. Like what, what do you mean? What, for example, what would that say? You know, and it took me a while to kind of understand what that might look like, but I, I understood um, the, the intent of it for sure. And I'm, and I'm so glad we did that because it'll take any of that, um, you know, sticky part out of it, you know, that we're freely here in this partnership and we are free to go from the partnership at any time. And if either of us decides that, um, we're not going to kind of lose the value of our investment into the project. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed everyone, I think, to feel really committed, everyone meaning you and I, to feel really committed and invested in this front end work that's, you know, it's it's kind of a big outlay of work that that won't be lost if someone decides, you know, I'm out or I want you out or whatever, you know, even though we can't really imagine that happening now. If it does or when it changes or transforms someday, we'll have a clear path on how to do that so that we preserve the personal relationship as separate from this kind of business collaboration relationship. Yeah. And I like what you said about how it gives us, it empowers us to initiate that conversation if that were to ever happen, right? Instead of having it be like this, like, oh gosh, I have to tell so-and-so that I want out of this partnership, but we have, we've never discussed this. I have to bring something brand new into the conversation Instead of being like, oh, no, there's actually already a script to follow. There's already a plan in place. And all I have to do is say, hey, listen, remember what we talked about in the very beginning. Instead of like starting this sticky, challenging, murky negotiation in a time of uncertainty. Well, <laughs> we're certainly in a time of uncertainty. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I like what you said just about having that comfort in knowing that that's not a taboo topic. Exactly. It's on the table from the very beginning. There's an acknowledgement that, yeah, we're going to do this project together. We hope it goes great. We're going to have fun with it. And things change in life. 
our priorities change, all, who knows, we can't foresee what's gonna happen. And so we're gonna allow some space for this to transform however it needs to over time. It's just part of the whole deal. And that's, I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind if for anyone um, thinking about collaboration. Yeah, well, awesome. I think that we covered a lot. Do you have anything, any final words, anything you wanted to either add or emphasize? Um, I think the one point to emphasize that I really like about what you brought up something along the way is that be sure that you're partnering um, so that you can go bigger rather than partnering because you feel like you're not big enough to do the job yourself. You know, it's like, why, why are you bringing this other person in? Is it because you're feeling timid and not confident in your own skills? Or is it because together there's an alchemy that blows it up even bigger? And that's a really different vibe to bring to it that I think is real important. I love that because I think the first example is basically a fear of failure. At least that's how I felt. Like I would bring people on so that if we failed, we failed together instead of me failing alone. And now I understand that failure is just part of the growth. And put yourself out there by yourself, fall flat on your face, get yourself up and try again until you get to the point where you see oh, this is a person that is going to see something bigger, going to help me create something bigger that I really cannot do on my own versus I just want to crush so that I don't feel as bad if I fail. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That would be the most important thing to really discern. What's motivating this partnership? What, are, what really are the limits of what you can do and your skills? Because so many of us are walking around with the confidence barriers and and they're not uh, useful, and they don't reflect reality, you know? So there's a line there to find. Exactly. Well, Libby, great having you (laughs) for this impromptu. (laughs) What is this, like the fourth time you've been on the podcast? I think so. I'm sure that there'll be more now that we're in this collaboration. So you're, you're, I think this puts you as the number one most frequent guest. So you're going to be like a um, honorary host. An honorary co-host. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. It was a very improv conversation, but so relevant to what we're doing and learned a lot actually through our conversation about it. So all of that was pretty much everything I wish I knew before embarking on my first collaboration. As I mentioned during the conversation, I've done a good bit of collaborating and mostly it didn't come from a place of really wanting to make something better by doing it together. It came from that fear of failure. So like Libby said, I think that's the number one lesson is don't collaborate because you're afraid to fail alone. Be willing to fail. That is just, if I could just convince every single one of you not to be afraid to fail, I would feel like I really did my job. (laughs) Now, of course, when I say that, and then yet I still run into fear of failure myself, for sure. I think recognizing that pattern is the first step to not letting it hold you back. Here's the thing though, we're all a work in progress and The best we can do is notice our tendencies and then take action anyway. So if you feel inspired to collaborate with another yoga teacher and you can see how 
the alchemy between what your gifts are and what their gifts are is going to create something that is more nuanced or more rich or more complete in some way, then I say first check with your gut and make sure that this is somebody who you feel good about working with. And if you do, then go for it and, you know, be willing to learn also about your instincts and about what does make for good alchemy between two partners. Before I sign off for today, I want to offer you your weekly reminder to make time for self-care. What are the structures that you have in place in your life right now that provide you with some time and space for yourself, even if it's just a little moment here and there? For me, one of the things that I do is I get up really early. I get up at 5.30, which is Some people don't think that's super early. Other people think it's obnoxiously early. You got to figure out what works for you. But for me, that gives me at least one hour before anybody else in my house is awake and I am alone and I drink a little cup of coffee and I move. I go down into my office. I have an office space that's very quiet and all of my gear is set up. My yoga mat's already rolled out. I've got massage balls. A lot of times... At 5, you know, 40 in the morning by the time I get down here, the first thing I can do is just lay down on those massage balls and kind of start to roll around. And that starts to wake me up. And pretty soon I'm able to move. And I've got certain things that I do every single morning. And then I also have time that's just playful and intuitive. And so that's, I know that I'm super lucky to have an hour every day. I know that some of my other mom friends do not have that kind of time. Like my sister, for example, is a single mom. And I'm pretty sure that her uh, self-care time is a glass of wine in the evening after the kids go to bed. And, you know, you got to do what works for you. So uh, she listens, by the way, sometimes. So hi, Saskia. Love you. Whatever it is, whatever it is that gets you through the day, whatever it is that makes you feel like a human being, I want to encourage you to make it happen, to make it a priority, to choose it. Is there something else that you could unchoose in order to choose yourself? For me lately, that has been social media. I have only been going on there very kind of specific times of day, short, (laughs) short bursts, checking notifications, checking messages, and then getting right back off. I just don't have the space for that in my life right now. And that has not always been the case. I've definitely gone in and out of a little bit of more, you know, scrolling addiction and I'm just choosing something different right now. So if that's inspiring to you, I hope that you will join me and I hope that you will let me know, find some way, follow me on Instagram, because if you do tag me, I will see that eventually. Um, send me an email, Again, no promises on how soon I'll get back to you, but I'll see it eventually. And um, yeah, let me know what you are doing to make time for yourself.